then let's set up a little station. A little wind uh, wind cover. So this, see this right here? Yeah. Ideally, we want that to be hitting around 12. Okay. And it's not a big deal if it's a little bit below because I can always bump it up in post. It's pretty low though, standard. Okay, I see. That <laughs> so was... that's, that's, so if we're talking right now, blah, 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 blah. I'm blah, up here, blah, blah. Know. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Okay. Okay. Ding, ding. Some noble dreams with his fingers and toes and everything in between. With his friends and his foes, and come see what that means. Dream up some noble dreams. Alright. Oh, wait, sorry, you're the host. Right. Um, welcome, Noah. It's nice to be sitting here with you. We are, um, uh, let me, hold on, I'm going to start over. Um, <laughs> should I be saying welcome to the it's, podcast? You do whatever the heck you want. Yeah, there you go, do that, see how that goes. Okay. I'm trying to see if, yeah, I'm to keep, keep working on the wins. <laughs> Today on Noble Dreams, we're going to be doing something uh, a little bit different which is interviewing Noble. Um, so we're sitting out in the um, air. There's a little wind. We're sitting by the river. We're in South Royalton, similar on the other side of the bridge from the last time we um, met in this way. My name is Drew, and um, I'm so happy to be here having this conversation with you. Wow, me too. Yes. I almost always like to be on the left side of people whether I'm walking around or sitting or something and so unintentionally we've sat in the other positions and it actually makes me feel more as if I'm the interviewee wow <laughs> I'm realizing as okay <laughs> in real time here yeah. okay interesting um well, if you need to switch sides at any point, just just <laughs> shuffle. shuffle around. All right, deal. So, how are you feeling today? Drew, I'm glad you asked. I'm fe- <laughs> it's so hard to be serious. Uh, um, I feel pretty good. Uh, I had a uh, I had a, a treatment for which we could talk more about for my illnesses yesterday and. It was a uh, a big one, and my treater is feeling confident that it's about time that we may have be turning the corner on this thing. Wow! And so, uh, usually after these things, I'm very tired, and uh, and and the way that my my illness has gone, it's usually that I feel pretty good in the morning and then at some point in the day kind of goes south pretty pretty markedly and um clearly and uh but this morning so far i'm feeling pretty good made the drive over here and uh doing the things i don't feel super dumb (laughs) or super tired (laughs) so that's good that is good so that seems like you had some good news I'm wondering, could you talk a little bit about what about what the treatment actually consists of? Yeah, I can. But first, I want to get your opinion about something. Okay. This is a fashion opinion. Okay. With the jeans jacket? I'm wearing a jeans jacket because it's fall. But then underneath that... This is underneath. <laughs> underneath. Um, there's something that I like to wear, which is... Oh, not this either. I got a lot of layers. <laughs> Tank top. Tank top. Over a long sleeve thermal shirt. Wow. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's good. In what way? Um, well, it kind of reminds me of being like, uh, probably between like 10 and 12 when I would wear tank top dresses with spaghetti straps over white t-shirts. So it makes me think a little bit about like being cozy and not showing your shoulders 
<laughs> Drew, are you calling me a child or not? <laughs> um, I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, it's one of those things that for me, I think it looks cooler from myself looking down on myself than it does if I look in a mirror. But really the reason for it is the layering is just more comfortable. Yeah, yeah. It really does wondered, change the look. I always wondered if it was like, like do people who play basketball like outside in the fall wear that? Do you think ever? Good question. Um, I, I couldn't say. Couldn't say either. I don't play a lot of basketball. I couldn't say. <laughs> what was that? Oh, you can't hear. Okay. No, I can't hear. All right, so could you repeat your question, please? I'm sorry. Well, you mentioned um, that you had gone to treatment. Yes. And I was just curious, as we start to, like, maybe explore a little bit more about what you've been experiencing, um, if you could say a little bit about what that is or give us a picture of it. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I can. Um, So I've been seeing a woman who does um, a combination of muscle testing and magnet therapy. Uh, both of which are things that I had little to no experience with, especially the magnet therapy. And I talked to somebody who had had... Um, I talked to this dude, Ken, who I saw at his yard sale, and he was um, there. And I <laughs> um, told him... Well, he asked how I was doing, and I said, blah, 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 I've been sick for a long time, blah, blah, blah. And he said, you know, I had Lyme disease, Lyme disease, and I went to this woman, and I did, like, four or five treatments with her, and I was, he, he works as, like, a builder, and he said his body was, like, totally incapacitated, and he went to her and, like, got back on his feet. Wow. And I was like, all right. Um, and actually, like, a few, a couple weeks earlier, our mutual friend, Lauren, had been like, yo, I'm feeling really tired, blah, 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 and I... Might go. I'm wondering if I have Lyme, and I might go see this magnet lady. And I was like, "It's a different. It was a different person, but still, I was like, I don't even know what that means." Right. So, anyways, came back up, and uh, this was like, I kind of had like a uh, a day when uh, I had a I had a day. I don't know why it keeps making that noise. Um, it's like, it's, it's like there's, if you scratch the microphone with your fingernail, but like I look down, there's nothing going on. Anyways, um, so I had a day where I was feeling really bad physically, which for me looks like my body's aching, my head feels like it's full of poison, and mm. uh, I can't focus on stuff, and I feel really stupid and disoriented a little bit, and... Um, and then just super fatigued. And these are like classic Lyme symptoms. And uh, so I had been to the doctors and I'd been on antibiotics for like three weeks. And I'd been on these things called lightning pearls, which are Chinese medicine. They're supposed to help with viruses and all this different stuff. And nothing made any difference at all. And as far as I could tell. And and I kind of have had, had had a little bit of a like frustrating uh, a meeting with my doctor that I found a little bit frustrating because I didn't think he was listening particularly well, and I just, like, with the darts he was throwing out, because he clearly didn't know what was going on either, just didn't really land with me. Mm -hmm. But I was also, like, really crappy, because it was the afternoon, and I was just like, man, I can barely handle this situation, and uh, I wish that I could have a better sense of getting help. It's not any fault of his, it's just nobody knows what's up. And I had had blood tests and stuff and nothing was like really all that helpful um and so anyways I had this day like a week and a half ago ten days ago and um I just felt really really crappy and I was like I'm bummed that I just in this moment and in general don't have any idea what to do about this like in the short term nothing I do makes me feel better like I can completely shut down and and turn everything off um, and just lay around and like that's fine it's the best I can figure out but like um, but I don't I don't know what to do and in the long term like I don't have any appointments coming up I don't have anyone that seems to have an idea and like it's been going on for a long time and I just 
feel kind of bummed about that. Um, and remind me though, because I did figure out one thing. Okay. It will, hopefully, we'll come back to. I, I think if I say it now, it'll derail the story that Marty barely holding on to. And, um, <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> um, so, anyways, I watched this movie with my dad, Shutter Island, mm. and uh, and during it. And he had seen it before, and it's a pretty intense film, and I'm really sensitive to films, and, like, sometimes they just really rock my world big time, and I'm, like, watching this thing, and I'm looking at him, and I'm like, and I was like, Dad, you've seen this before? Like, and you're watching it again? <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> like, I just couldn't compute, like, why would you ever want to do this to yourself? Um, and then, by the end of the movie... I won't give anything away, but there's a little bit of... It, there's some reasons why that mm-hmm. changed for me as well. And I thought, okay, I understand why someone would watch this again. But it also, like, has a lot to do with what is reality and what is, like, yeah, basically what mm-hmm. is reality and our perception and versus other people's and where they match up and where they don't. Mm-hmm. And, and just for me, this is the first time in my life that I've had this sort of, like, cognitive thing going on where I feel pretty disoriented a fair amount of the time and just dumber than I'm used to as far as like word recall and um, just sticking with like focus like reading is hard and stuff like that and I've never really experienced that and um, anyway so I watched this movie and then I was like dang and I felt really crappy physically and then I, I just like like kind of walked away and then just had a really big um, like intense sort of release from my body which looks like for me uh, like like really intense crying mm. and sort of coughing but it's not like a it's like something's coming out mm-hmm. and um, like shaking and sweating and I am used to that happening. Maybe once a year, twice a year tops, like somewhere around there. And it's very uncomfortable to go through, but I've come to trust it. Mm. And that when it happens, I always know that something is moving that needs to, that I just don't have often the the conscious wherewithal to know how to move. Mm. (laughs) Or that I just haven't, even if I've, you know, maybe best guess known that it would be a good idea and so I'm going through this and I was like I just don't know it's it's really I just want someone to be there with me and I love my dad but I just didn't want like it didn't feel right to ask him like I just didn't I didn't want him there it wasn't the right person or whatever and and just so, just feeling very alone and lonely in this in this experience. And my my, my friend and I tried to f- call my buddy Sam, who's been on the podcast and is you know, you know one of my dearest friends. And then and then my friend Kemba came over and just sat with me for a while as I kind of like recovered from this experience. And yeah, this is like the most roundabout way to I, I can't even remember your, your question was about the treatments themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well. <laughs> It doesn't matter. <laughs> Getting the, the big answer. It was about all of it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so like within the next day or or next couple days, um, a lot of stuff started coming in. People actually were like reaching out to me about how to help and blah blah. Well, anyways, the next no, what came first is the next morning. I made a um, a live video, Facebook live video. <laughs> Which I've never done before on my just general Facebook profile. But I have... um, The school program, I mean, does most of their stuff through Facebook. So I've been, like, re-engaging with that in a way that I haven't for years. Yeah. Which is, like, kind of interesting. And um, and, uh, maybe, like, five weeks into my illness, I had sent out a text to a group of friends just saying, like, you know, you probably haven't seen me. if If in case you're wondering what's up this is what my life looks like right now I'm sick and this is what it looks like it feels like whatever so then I made another video explaining that again but this is nine or ten weeks in Mm. and 
and also trying and then realizing from this same situation that um, there might be value in sharing what else I had been like sort of the gift that had come from that that release I guess and and what I think that is is to be asking like I've 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 several other people in my life that I know who are similarly ill with various things that have shown up in ways that have left them um, similarly limited and like otherwise vibrant healthy you know people and to some degree tracking them uh, and seeing how they're uh, interfacing with, with the world and stuff and also noticing some of their frustration with like kind of uh, this is my language but starting to feel like a bit of a ghost mm-hmm. <laughs> like um, that when they pull like because of whatever they're dealing with health wise had to pull back that like a lot of the people that normally they'd be more interactive with just kind of disappeared mm-hmm. and um, seeing them deal with that in different ways um, and express it in different ways both like through seeing people get a little like lash outy um, or just be like you know what the hell and <laughs> whatever um, and reflecting it on on it for myself as well which is like I can definitely be a deeply introverty type person and and spend a lot of time alone mm-hmm. and isolate myself in certain ways and simultaneously it's been a really interesting experience for me to see how different people react and respond and my situation gratefully is very new for me and I've never been sick for this amount of time and like had my physical and cognitive capacity so limited and um, and I'm fine in a certain sense in most senses and I also have had like it's yeah it's been tough it's been tough physically and in times it's been tough mentally for me although we could talk more about that but um uh so so noticing how different people like that some people that I really had been more connected with kind of have been incommunicado mm-hmm. that I think I would have expected otherwise mm-hmm. and then some people whom I don't know particularly well have reached out in much different ways Mm -hmm. and so I thought there might be some value in in sharing my story and where I was at because I realized like you know what there's people who care about me that have no idea Mm -hmm. and that there might be value in me sharing so that they think about the people in their lives that they might know who are going through a tough time that they don't know how to reach out to or that they think they don't, or that, um, you know, that they might be able to do something for them that might be a small effort that could make a big difference. And so I was thinking about that and thinking about my own system, my own self, and the challenges that same week of, like, having a lot of suddenly, like, different opportunities for getting information from people other people reaching out to other people for me unsolicited mm. and this kind of thing and realizing that like I was quickly becoming overwhelmed with it mm. I didn't have the like I didn't have the brain wherewithal to be like yo like I can effectively juggle all of this so I really really don't want that and so I realized that what it was really important for me was to have people be able to listen to and respect what is and what is not helpful because like yes I'm 
I have some cognitive effect from this, but it's not like I don't know what's going on and I can't advocate for myself. It's just I don't have a lot of bandwidth to take on a bunch of extra, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I was thinking about this and and also like watching the way that people either responded or didn't to when I reached out, um, just stating my own... Uh, mm-hmm. being, being. And, and needs and wants and whatever and like noticing that sometimes people don't reach out to people who are in a vulnerable state for of one kind or another of which there are many because they don't know what they think they don't know what to do for that person or, or they think they have to say the right thing or they have to do this or that or no they have to know somehow and so I was thinking about that, and I was like, "It's like okay, well, if I put myself in, for instance, my own shoes, <laughs> then what I would most want is for someone to ask me what I need. And because I know, and I have, I might have some hang-ups about asking for it directly, mm-hmm. and that's totally reasonable because yes. we all have our stuff." But I also know myself well enough to know that, like, what I really need is very clear to me. And that whether or not I can ask for it, I like to be given that chance. And for the other person, especially because, like, it, it's just confusing to bring on too much else, other things to just be clear about it. And so I could say, I need someone to put their hands on me. Like, I just need human touch. And that person can say, I can provide that, or I cannot, I'm not up for that, but I know someone who might be, or blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And so just sort of like this shortcut of asking people what they need. Yeah. And re, redefining for myself need, the word need, mm-hmm. because I, f- for, it, it's, it's generally helpful for me to take language really literally, because for kind of the same reason like my brain is so sort of like I'm yeah. so right brained that it's helpful for me to have the structure of language like I really respect language mm-hmm. and like to use it intentionally for that reason because I don't want to have to guess what's going on yes <laughs> and um, and so I was had this thing about needs it's like well what do you really need mm-hmm. you know people say food is shelter and love and this and that and I'm like yeah but then you only really need that if you want to stay alive mm-hmm. and if that's not important then you don't really need anything and blah 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 kind of like and then I was like alright well let me reconceptualize this a little bit because there's there's maybe a softer side of need that can work for me which is like I'm not going to die in the immediate if no one comes and puts their hands on me or no one uh, you know, reads a bedtime story or, or goes for a walk or just does something. But those feel as, like, when I check in with myself, those those are the closest things to needs that I can identify. Yes. And they're going to be the most impactful. And they feel a little bit different than once. Yes. Um, and And there's something about the word that cuts through a lot of the... I don't know how to say this. It cuts through a lot of the psychology or something. Mm-hmm, of it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if someone asks me what I want, then there's like these sort of other things stacked on top of it. Yes. These stories come up. Whereas if they ask me what I need, it cuts through a lot of that. And I just, no, I'm pretty clear. Like, I really want someone just to come hang out with me. Right. Or I really would like someone to cook a meal for me because I'm not up for cooking and I'm afraid I'm not eating enough. Right. You know? um, and this kind of thing. So... I haven't, like, I haven't bounced this off a million people or anything or thought about it too, too deeply, but so far, I'm really into it. And understanding that sometimes that question might not land perfectly and that person might not know what to do with it, mm-hmm. obviously, because we're all different. Mm. But I also just, there's a certain thing that I'm sad about which is that sometimes people 
because they think they don't know the right thing to say, the quote-unquote right thing, that they choose to say nothing. And because they don't know the right thing to do, they choose to do nothing. And my experience has been, both in receiving and giving, that when a person is in a vulnerable state, for whatever reason, and there's a million reasons, and there's a lot of people in much more vulnerable states than I am, but like, a little effort can make a huge difference, mm-hmm. even more than in on a good day mm-hmm. or when or during a period of full physical or mental health, and that I would so much rather that somebody reach out to me and be willing to say something a little clumsy, do something a little clumsy, than nothing, and then way better than that. Ask me what I need to hear right now or what I need right now, period. Mm-hmm. And be totally fine if they say, I'm not the person for that right now. Oh, great. Well, now you're off the hook. You don't have to think you have to be someone else or do something else. And I am clear on that too. And that's great. Um, so, like... I, I, I don't know this thing of needing or wanting to say the, the right thing. I understand that. And I want to, like, <laughs> I just want to give the blessing for taking the risk. And, 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 and I think there's something to this. And maybe it'll become more refined or I'll come up with, like, with more experience and more thinking or whatever, hearing other people's perspectives. But I think there's something to, I mean, it's just four words. What do you need, Mm -hmm. you know? And just really being able to give that person the gift of expressing that. It's like, it's like when you give, like we have these things, like these holidays and birthdays and stuff. And there's these times that like culturally something tells us we're supposed to give people gifts, right? At these times. Yes. And there's, like, how many of us have experienced either from being within ourselves or watching it on someone else's face, and you're like, well, I don't know what to give them, but maybe this is, like, and and you open that present, and you're like, "Ah, I mean, I'm grateful. I'm so glad that this person wants to give to me, but, like, I don't, I wish they just asked me what I wanted, because I've I'm pretty clear, you know, Mm -hmm. I would have, this isn't what I would have bought myself. (laughs) And then it's like the other way around. And of course it's fun for there to be surprises in the world and like to, to, to also like track people that you love and, and, and get a sense for them and and give them a gift that they might not even have conceived of and, and that it totally hits the nail on the head or vice versa. Um, Like my brother's like that. He always gives me the best presents and Mm -hmm. I never ask for anything because I don't really want stuff very often. Uh, but I'm always like, all right, like you totally nailed it, and I, I, I never would have thought I, you know, <laughs> you know, and that's fun too. But I think that there's also like there's certain times when it just really serves to just ask mm-hmm. and give the people the gift of knowing themselves and be as invitational and gentle with helping them have a space to express that as possible. Because I really do pe- believe that in general, people really do know what they need. Yeah. And they might block it from themselves, and they might, and they might have their own hang-ups, but when given the chance and given like a, a very gentle and clear invitation, like, I'm asking you this because I really want to know. Because I love you, and I want to know if there's something that I can do that you need right now. Mm-hmm. And it's makes it okay also it like like we've, I've already said several times but like sort of setting up for that rejection of like mm. no well then great but isn't it so much better than to get a no than to not know yeah so that's what I've been thinking about so anyways <laughs> to bring it back uh, I think you brought it back well to bring it back to the treatment yes because well I guess this is totally actually well let me reflect back okay okay so I like what you said about, like, surprises are nice sometimes. Because to me, that seems like, oh, there's an alignment. 
Like there's an alignment between what I'm prepared to give and what I've wanted to give and what you're prepared to receive and we're ready to receive. And it's a surprise because it isn't every day that you feel connected to people. Like there's all sorts of different distractions and blocks that get in the way of people actually connecting in a particular moment. But there's also always the possibility. And so when that alignment strikes, it's like amazing. Yeah. But what I love about listening to you talk about this is that you thought you weren't answering the question and you were. Like, I just learned a lot about magnet theory. I mean, magnet treatment. <laughs> Maybe it's more of a theory than a treatment at this point in the conversation. But around, like, what actually heals. So what I heard you saying, was talking about was an experience of, well, hopefully I can use this word knowing that it has lots of different connotations, but like aloneness at some points. Mm -hmm. Like you talked about the experience with your doctor and not necessarily feeling seen in that experience. Um, You also talked about the experience of watching that movie with your dad and having an experience later and feeling like maybe he wasn't the right person for you in that moment to experience that with you. Um, So I've been hearing this like tension between the things that you're experiencing alone and then the things that you're really wanting to experience with others and that you're wanting to be called out by others. And that makes sense to me. Like I'm thinking about magnets when I'm hearing you talk about this, which is like, how can I or another person turn myself to face Noah and be able to pull out some of what wants to be pulled out from you like what do you need is a pulling it's like a pulling closer and like I'm picturing magnets like coming across a table or a flat surface or something like if I can attune enough just to feel clear and vulnerable even in my own clumsiness about asking what do you need and feeling ready to hear your response whether or not that's something I'm prepared to give that's like an attuning process and that's really beautiful to think about and I think what you're suggesting is that there are these opportunities always to come into closer contact with one another and to support one another that sometimes we block ourselves to like we turn the magnet the other way so that there's this like almost repelling awkwardness of not understanding how to just show yourself in vulnerability to say what do you need and to assess the extent to which you can actually show up. Yeah, that's a, um, yeah, I'll, I'll buy it. I don't still really know what the magnet treatment is actually happen. like what is actually happening in this little room, perhaps, with you and this other person, but I feel like a lot of what I just heard you talking about was how to attune. Well, I think what you're saying... I'm going to reflect something back. I'm going to share something with you that I think is going to bolster your your claim here. Okay. But we have to go, Always on, ready pa- for we have that. to go on pause so I can switch. The wind cover. All right. Drew's snacking on some pistachios and goji berries. <laughs> All right. Okay, so here's what I wanted to say about that. Yeah. Two thoughts over the break. We switched the batteries out. (laughs) One, these goji berries and pistachios my sister sent to me. Mm. Okay? Yeah. And I had a conversation with her on the phone, and she was like, I'd like to send you some stuff, like some snacks and stuff, because I I put a call out for snacks on one of my posts or whatever. Okay. And and I was just feeling really crappy in, in the moment, and I was like, She's like, what kind of stuff would you want? And I was like, like, honestly, in this moment, I just, I really, I can't even think straight. Like, and so I figured, like, I don't know, maybe we'll continue this at another juncture or whatever. And, um, and then several days later, this, (laughs) why are you covering your mouth? I don't want you to hear me chewing. (laughs) I know you don't like that. Um, uh, this package comes, right? In the mail. And I take all the stuff out and just, like, burst into tears. Because my sister, who's, like, an angel from heaven, like, all the things and all the snacks and stuff in this box were completely... Like, if I had gone to the grocery store and done the best job that I could do (laughs) shopping for myself, 
And I couldn't even articulate it when I talked to her. And have been such a gift to me. Because wow. I got, like, calorie-rich, like, snacks that don't have sugar and this and that. And and I was like, wow. So that's an example of, like, someone who tracks somebody, yeah. knows them, whatever. So I'm re- this is not an either-or. I don't... I, not that I'm, like, preaching, but I don't want to give the impression that I'm, like, don't give people gifts when they don't expect yeah. it or anything like that. <laughs> it's not about that. <laughs> I think this... I mean, I love doing that, and it's beautiful, and whatever. Um... And, both and, I think there's value to, to asking when it's appropriate. Yeah. And when you're feeling iffy about it, maybe that's a, like, I'm trying to think, like, what's a good sort of metric for, like, maybe this is the time to really ask. Like, if I'm avoiding this person that I think might benefit for, from, mm. some, from contact, mm. then who's, yes. whose business am I, like, prioritizing? Wow. And is that a healthy time to be prioritizing mine? Mm-hmm. I think I would question for myself. Okay. So the other thing in magnets, right? So the person who I'm working with, who I will not name, but I actually am hoping she'll she'll maybe come on the podcast. Mm. Um, but I haven't asked her yet. But anyways, she does all her diagnostics through muscle testing, which is they the it's used for different things. One is like nutrition stuff to put like essence of this or that or just the thing itself on your belly and then measure how your body reacts to it versus mm. like how strong your muscles I don't know a lot about it and that's um, oops <laughs> so loud <laughs> um, that's intentional somewhat on my part because I don't want to get all up in my head about what's happening but anyways but the way that she does it she puts it's like laying down on my back and then my well, my what are they called? Legs yes. <laughs> are up on a bolster, and then she like puts little pieces of tape on my heels, and somehow lifts up and squeezes my feet together and stuff. And I, I don't know exactly what she's doing, but she's asking my body different questions and using the tape as a, some kind of metric. And by doing so, she, so she can go through these different pathogens and ask like, is this present? Wow. Blah, 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 to what degree? Blah blah blah. Um, and gave me a list of four things that she thinks are in going on in my body at once and but she's like I can't officially diagnose but yeah and also like when I talked to her the first time on the phone I told her what was going on she's like I really think we can do this it'll probably take four or five sessions and like I've had Lyme six or seven times and this works basically wow and this is the first literally the first person I talked to that had any confidence about the situation mm. and also listened really well. That must have been a remarkable experience. It was a remarkable experience. And so anyways, just to not drag this out too, too far, but there, but I went to see her the next day. She was like, I want to get you in as soon as possible because we got to start do. kicking this butt, <laughs> these butts. Right. And, um, and I was, yeah, I felt very um, comfortable in her presence, and she listened to me very closely and reflected back accurately what I had told her, yeah. and um, and then was like, yeah, I think it's these four things. I've asked your body what order we might tackle them in, so we'll like do this in order, you know, as you come in for sessions. And by the way, also, like you might experience. A thing called a Herxheimer reaction, which is basically like, you know, someone out there is going to be more medically <laughs> informed, just going to be screaming at them at their phone right now. But um, just basically, that the magnets that she puts on my body, which again she uses the muscle testing to figure out where to put them and whatever, um, and then just lay there for a while. But the magnets are going to be killing these pathogens and that process of that happening releases a lot of toxins that they're holding onto or whatever and because of that afterwards your body's going to go through this detox or Herxheimer reaction that's going to feel pretty crappy she said that could happen and after the first treatment I went back and like felt awful like my head just felt like it was completely full of poison Wow! and I was so tired and I just basically went to bed and the first three treatments I did with her it was the same every time. Like, I'd have, like, a little window afterwards, 
my friend Mary works in the in the same building, so I go visit her and her her boss Tyler. I like those love those guys, and then um, like I'm, I'm self conscious that I just said like. <laughs> I like them. Mary's like one of my favorite people in the world. <laughs> I love her so dearly. I want to make sure that wasn't like... Anyways, so, um, and then afterwards it's like fast train to, to Junk City. Yeah. And I'm just done, laid yeah. out, go to bed, six o'clock, whatever. Wow. Who cares? But it was so, it was, it sucked. It was really hard to, to go through physically, but I was also like so encouraged because I was like, this is the first thing I've done that has any cause and effect. Right, right. Even if it's not a comfortable one, yeah, trust something it. is happening. Yeah, and I had had it front loaded by this person. Like this might happen, so I was like, okay, cool, it's happening. I mean, I wasn't like that in the moment, but yeah. And um, so yeah, and then I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to speak too much about her story um, or what she has said to me in the meetings. But similar to what you were saying yesterday we kind of went deeper and did a bigger bigger push and uh, she, you know one of these mutations of Borrelia which is the Lyme thing hmm. um, but it's like not the one that usually people associate with Lyme so it's like I technically have something that people would call Lyme disease probably but it doesn't quite fit but whatever and again these diagnoses are it's yeah. all pretty weird territory um, not because of working with her, but I mean, just in general, the yeah. tick disease and stuff are really ahead of the medical establishment for the most part right now. And, uh, and she was like, yeah, this one's often pretty tough and, you know, can take a couple times to really get to the core of, and, um, and she said afterwards, she's like, you know, like, the magnets are really helpful and they're helpful to me because then I don't have to put as much of my personal energy into the process. Wow. Because if I go full in, yeah, then I just get really depleted. Is right. words. And so the magnets facilitate that process. She wow. says, you can do this without the magnets. The magnets are helpful as a catalyst, but they're not necessary ultimately. And, uh, and then, so that made me think a lot about what you we were saying about that using each other as right. sort of, pull, you know, pulling out this and that. And, right. And, uh, yeah. So so my my call out that I put on that video, and I, and I want to repeat now, is like thinking of the people in your life that you know are in a vulnerable spot for one reason or another. Whether they're in the hospital dealing with mental illness, dealing with a chronic uh, or acute physical illness or just having a hard time or whatever it is. I mean, if you don't have someone that comes to your mind when I say that, I'd be worried about you <laughs> and your exposure to other humans <laughs> and lack thereof. <laughs> um, I'm sure our listeners can hear the train blasting off in the distance. Maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll do the Paul Simon song, Train in the Distance, for the uh, song for this episode. That sounds good. Uh, and, uh, and just check in with yourself about whether or not you're capable of reaching out to this person more and being more present for them than you are being. And if so, maybe if it feels right for you, ask what they need. Yeah. And if you can do it, then just do it. Yeah. Um, I just, like this is really like I've dealt with some mental challenges for a long time and uh but this is the first time for me having this kind of extended physical limitation and it's become so clear to me how much a small effort on someone else's part has such a huge um impact for me mm. and like I've you know we met up a couple weeks ago and talked about that and how grateful I was that you were would come down early to school and, and spend the time with me and uh, my friend Carly did the same last week just spent a couple hours with me walking around and looking at books in the library and just talking about stuff and and it was so lovely and another person that I never met before who I got connected to through uh, through someone in my program 
drove down from Stowe the other day <laughs> just to go on a walk with me and go sit on the hillside, and she brought me all this uh, food that she had made Amazing. and shared it with me. And, like, it's impossible for me to express how much these things have meant to me. And my friend Kemba, who's just been, like, so, so present and, and generous with her space and and love and food and, and her uh, husband Zach as well. And uh, there's just been... And, and then other people that have been... I've been connected with through through my schooling program has been an incredible boon for me. And just how much... Like being able to spend time on a call with somebody... We've had video calls with my friend Natalie and Jane and some different people and just how much how much of a huge thing that is for me and especially in some of those cases how much of a small effort that was for someone else. Mm. And so we all have so much to give. Yeah. Like I believe that more than anything else. And and things that we might judge as trivial. I wanna just give us the give us the like whatever the word would be permission to, yeah I guess I mean that feels a little highfalutin for me to say like oh you have my permission it's not my permission just giving ourselves the permission mm-hmm. to not prejudge that let the other person express what's meaningful and listen mm-hmm. and really honor that and we may have a profound experience ourselves in the giving mm. That might be an added bonus. Who knows? It might be trivial for us. But that visitor, you know, when you're in the hospital or that call out of the blue when you're feeling terrible or whatever else, like those things, you know, lives are saved with, with smaller efforts. And I think it's I think there's a lot of value in, in remembering that. And and, and I think there's a lot of value in remembering and encouraging people to remember for themselves and for ourselves that we do know what we need and that it's okay to ask for it and it's okay to trust that um, that we have the, the capacity to judge for ourselves who's, who are the people to ask for that from and to, like, yeah, just be okay if, if you get it wrong. Mm-hmm. It's, okay to, it's okay to get it wrong. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, anyways, those are, those are the things I've been thinking about. Wow. And I also wanted to talk about it before I got all the way better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it seems like, in some ways, I feel like I've heard, I've heard you, or it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like this experience alone has taught you some of these same lessons. But what I'm, partially what I'm struck by is just the depth of perspective that you're offering about what in some people's lives could seem like a five-second choice to show up or make a different plan or become busy in their days. Mm -hmm. And what you're saying is there's part of, or what I'm hearing you say is, there's part of everyone that's ready to align themselves with the needs of one another all the time. And like, can you just listen to that voice a little longer and what happens when you do? Yeah. Yeah, I I've, I think a lot about this. There's this guy Johan Hari who's written books about like cultural depression and anxiety and, and addiction. And I haven't even read his books yet. I'm really excited to, but I've heard him interviewed at length. And he was talking about one study they did where they had they got groups of people from a few different cultures. This is the kind of thing I wish I could look up in the moment so that, like, you know, I'm not telling tales out of school or whatever. But, <laughs> but you know, if you're interested, you can look at it and get the real story. But this is close. Um, and they basically said, you have this amount of time or whatever, these resources, make yourself as happy as you can. Hmm. And in every other culture except for uh, ours, which I think meant in that case United States, um the people immediately went and did things for other people. And in our culture, they only did stuff for themselves, mm. which is like go to the spa, mm-hmm. you know, get a massage, eat candy, or I don't know, whatever people do to soothe. 
self-soothe. And and again, it's not like I'm not a black and white thinker. I don't. I think there's such such import and value to self-care and to taking care of oneself and celebrating oneself and to do those things that we know feel good. And yet, both and at the same time, there's just nothing that quite. We're social species. There's nothing that quite fills that hole of being able to be of service That's right. to other people. Yeah. And and I think it's real, especially like some of the uh, things that like de- anxiety and depression can be incredibly self-absorbing. And maybe happen. Well, I mean, this I can't really make this claim, but it's interesting to think about them yeah. happening in relation to not giving or not being connected. Yeah, exactly. Arising out yeah. of that. It's like a self it's like a positive feedback. I mean, I think it's it's so like it's it's correct to place what we're talking about in the context of western yeah. culture and like a capitalistic and individualistic train that we're all riding around and needing to like like what happens when you step out of that for a minute like something you said before I wanted to just name specifically about the want versus the need like kids learn at some point that it's important for them to distinguish between what they need and what they want and it almost feels like I mean, I haven't thought about this too much, but it strikes me that in some ways it's about, like, teaching kids not to be materialistic or, like, attempting to get kids to think about, like, do you really need those shoes or do you just want them? But it's interesting to think about how that gets internalized into, like, especially for little girls, too, like, that I should not express my needs because it's a burden on somebody else and a lot of what we're talking about now is like within that paradigm and how to shatter it yeah and I feel like I mean I think well yeah anyway I'll stop there yeah and and I'm and I will make as clear as I can that like I'm I'm trying to speak from my own experience and I am putting this out as with some general statements but I'm simultaneously completely cognizant that for many reasons that are outside of a lot of our um, control especially in the case of children or marginalized people of one you know I know that it sounds maybe simple you know and and that like it's easy for me it might be easier for me to say something than it might be for someone else for whatever reason I'm cognizant of that um I only can speak from my experience. <laughs> I mean, and I think there's value in it, regardless. I think the theme is there, and and like any other general statement, it has to be tailored to the situation. Oh, I feel like you have been talking in a about a lot of complex dynamics in a way that is spe- it's specific and relatable because it's been completely grounded in this experience that you've been having in an intense way, like. But it is, it does point to a universal experience that we have in our culture about, like, what are all the different ways that we deal with being embodied and separate from each other? And one of them is to, like, protect and boundary ourselves and, like, seek self-soothing dynamics, like you mentioned before, that are kind of selfish or, like, caught, caught in this loop about, like, taking care of me alive and vulnerable in this world, which is... Like, that's one way of trying to deal with, like, the pressures and strange, like, traps of consciousness and being alive. And then there are other ways of approaching it, too, which is to be like, I'm a vessel for connection and relationship. And so when I attune myself, everything flows to what another person needs. Yeah, I agree. It's like the system versus symptom thing. Yeah, exactly. It's like getting getting a massage or something is a really good treatment for a symptom. Yeah, right. Like, it can change your day, it can change your week, it can make you feel a lot better than you were feeling. Which allows you then to... Show up. Exactly. Really take care of yourself, find out and learn about yourself and the people around you, and contribute to that. And that, to me, is a systemic contribution. that's right. Which is mostly, personally, what I'm invested in. Right. Because I just, I don't... It's like empty calories sometimes. Yeah. <gasps>
It's your go time. I think it's, it's on the on the on the minute. It's on the minute getting to go time. <laughs> Got um, to go time. Well, thank you for interviewing me, Drew. Well, maybe maybe this is part one of two, or maybe this is, this is part, part one of one. No, this is part two of. Uh, of, of oh, this is part two mark. already. Yeah. Okay. Right, you and I in the same. Yeah. Same, uh, same realm. Yeah, right. we're already in a series. That's amazing. Yeah. I can't wait. I have an idea for next time. Oh, I'm so excited. Noah, it's been such a pleasure to interview you on Noble Dreams today. Drew, I can't tell you how much of a, an experience it's been for me. <laughs> I've learned so much. It's been a pleasure as well for me. It's going to be a much different experience listening back on this one. Yes, I imagine it will be. <laughs> There's like a self-consciousness that I always have. I mean, I don't think of them so much. Some of them are a little bit more interviewee. And a lot of times I just try to think of them as conversations. Yeah. First and foremost. And there's always like a self-consciousness I have about like, like this, like critic in my head, like you're talking too much or like, no one, you're not, you're not here to hear you and like blah, blah, blah and this and that. And then I'm like, whatever, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever. I mean, we just, again, like I've, like I always come back to like, we just don't know what we never can know what we put out, what it can do. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's right. Can we get over ourselves enough to like, I don't, I don't have to put out everything, single thing that I think and say and every, you know, when I see people like photographing every meal they eat and stuff, it's like, for me, I don't care. I, like, I really don't care. I don't want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> but for someone else, maybe they'd be really excited about that. Yeah. And they see, oh my God, I've never thought of, to make food this way or whatever, right. whatever. And I'm, that's great. Yeah. There's value in everything. Mm is what I believe like there's like yeah there's so much else that's happened this week that I would love to talk about at another time but it's like that well I'll leave this for another time we'll leave it for another time but okay I just want to say this before we go mm. because it was the thing that that I can't believe I'm remembering this right now oh right but the best medicine that I found is when I couldn't watch stuff anymore, couldn't read, even listening to normal things was too much, but it was during the day and I didn't want to sleep, so I didn't want to have a weird sleep schedule. The best thing I found was putting on Bob Ross videos oh, wow. on YouTube and just listening. It's the, it was insanely comforting wow. and relaxing. It's like ASMR because they do like, mm. they mic the canvas so you can hear them doing all the brush wow. strokes, but then he speaks so calmly and softly and gently but you also the way they mic it you can't hear all his mouth noises so it's not triggering for me <laughs> so it is I just have to say anyone out there that's looking for something that's like could might be pure heaven for you or that was pure heaven for me and I'm going to continue to use that's a little invitation really amazing can I ask you a question yeah did you start thinking about that again because you heard me eating this goji berry no, I didn't hear you eating the goji oh, okay. berry. I don't remember why I thought of it. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. <laughs> I want to do a whole topic <laughs> about that one. A whole show about that sometime. It's a thing. Anyways, bye everybody. Love you. Bye.
gradually the boy and girl get married. Sure enough, they had a son. And though they were both occupied with the child's carry, disagreements had begun. And in a while they fell apart, it wasn't hard to do. And everybody loves the sound of the train in the distance, and everybody thinks it's true. Two disappointed believers, two people playing the game. Negotiations and love songs are often mistaken for one and the same. Now the man and woman, they remain in contact, let us say it's for the child. With disagreements about the meaning of a marriage contract, conversations are wild. But from time to time he makes her laugh She cooks a meal too And everybody loves the sound of the train in the distance And everybody thinks it's true What is the point of the story? What information pertains? The thought that life could be better is woven indelibly into our hearts and brains. Into our hearts. Everybody loves the sound of the train in the distance. Everybody thinks it's true. Mm -hmm.